In just a few minutes, we'll be digging into the new MTA capital plan, which was approved by the MTA board today. And we'll be joined by Nicole Gelinas of the Manhattan Institute and City Journal and the New York Post, um, who is a close watcher, analyst, uh, and writer on the MTA. And she has some ideas about how the MTA can save more money. And she'll have some thoughts on the new MTA capital plan, which clocks in at over $50 billion for the next five years. And, and she will help us put that in perspective, yes. historic perspective, in the way it lines up with the recent conversation, very fraught conversation about transit in the city. That's about $20 billion more than the previous four-year plan that's just wrapping up now. So this well, is a well, really significant, significant Yes, but isn't even isn't wrapping up. That's right. and that's part of the problem here is the MTA can't even spend the money that they allocate or you know they 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 commit to spending. The projects are way behind, so this five year plan has to also uh, you know account for trying to finish projects from the previous plans. It's 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 a mess actually, and so yes, she will help us. Um, focus in on some of why it's such a mess and why this plan, I think, and I think she agrees, we'll see what she says, is really problematic and misguided. They should not really be going this big for a five-year plan of 50 plus billion dollars when there's no hopes of that being anywhere near realistic. Um, and on that front, um, I would also direct folks listening um, to a, to an op-ed column written by Rachel Faust of Reinvent Albany for us at Gotham Gazette about the problems with the MTA capital plan design. She wrote a really good column for us um, last week about this very issue and makes a lot of really salient points. As we indicated at the top of the show, we're going to, in the first uh, guest segment today, talk about the MTA capital plan that is on the table and today passed the MTA board. It still has another approval that needs to uh, be had before it's official, but it looks like uh, that's going to happen. And we're going to bring on our guest to talk about that, who's an expert on the MTA and the MTA spending. And that is Nicole Gelinas, a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, a contributing editor of City Journal, and a columnist at the New York Post. Nicole, welcome to WBAI. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon, Jared. Is there something going on nationally? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been able to pay attention. Yeah, we, we struggled too as well uh, when we want to dig into things like uh, the what's happening at the MTA. It's a, it's a bit difficult when uh, when heads are spinning all the time about what's happening nationally. Um, but we know all of us have been, uh, you know, keeping most of our two eyes on on what's going on here locally when that's our that's our main gig. Um, so this MTA capital plan that passed the board today is for fifty one point five billion dollars over the over the coming five years. As far as you're concerned, what are some of the big sort of headlines people should know about this plan or or things they should consider from your sort of analysis standpoint when when getting to know what's going on here? Well, if you want to do the positives first, I think, first of all, it's good that we have an on-time capital plan. As you noted, it still has to go through this capital review board, which is made up of uh, people from the state legislative branches as, as well as the uh, mayor's office and the governor. And, it, uh, uh, and so that's not guaranteed, but so far we have an on-time capital plan, which we did not have at the same time five years ago. So that's certainly good. And the plan is fairer to New York City. If you think about New York City having 93% of the ridership, but since we actually started building things around the year 2000, it's only gotten about half of capital uh, spending money for expansions, 
this time around, New York City is getting about 78% of the money in the new capital plan. So that's not perfectly fair, but it's much better than it's it's been over the past 20 years. And it is putting significant money behind a new uh, subway signal system. I mean, that's the, the most uh, one of the most important things, probably the most important right. things, Big is one. to modernize the subway signals so that we can run more trains per hour, get uh, more people through the the tunnels at at uh, any given time. And this this provides seven billion dollars in in money for signals. And I think, you know, even without understanding the numbers. It's a good sign that Andy Byford, who was hired two years ago to sort of fix the New York subway and bus system, that he seems pleased enough with this, that he hasn't uh, resigned. If if he were to leave, that would be a sign that he doesn't think this plan can, can get us through the next five years. But he seems willing to bet that this is a good start. So, you know, I would say... Those are and, and there is some money from for the Second Avenue subway. Uh, we we do need, we're not done. I mean, people sometimes may think, well, we built three stops and declared victory, but this is supposed to go all the way up through Harlem and and uh, eventually through downtown. So we're going to build three more stops up through uh, Central and East Harlem. It's still too expensive. I mean, it's going to cost seven billion dollars to build three subway stops. But at least the priorities laid out in the capital plan are pretty good, and and the governor is uh, pleased enough with this to to put it before the MTA. Can you talk, listeners, and 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 this reporter through the revenue side of this, in the sense that this is a big a big number, fifty plus billion dollars. How much of that is coming from the state? Obviously, in the past, and I'm sure now, there is the issue of what the city's contribution is going to be. And, of course, we wonder whether, at this point, congestion pricing figures into that mix at all. Do we know what is supporting this very large uh, spending plan? Sure. And you're right that uh, the the revenues are not... We do have a congestion pricing plan that was approved this spring by the state, state legislature, but this does not bring in enough revenue for the capital plan. And if you look, you know, if you want to break it down through the exact numbers, as you noted, this is a $51.5 billion capital plan. We can talk later about how realistic it is that the MTA is going to spend $51 billion in five years, but congestion pricing only pays for 15 billion so what the mta will do is essentially bond out or borrow against the annual congestion pricing revenues of about a billion and a half dollars a year bond out about 30 years worth of those revenue come up with 15 billion dollars for this capital plan so there's 15 billion there's some other new revenue sources there's a new tax on mansion sales and there's a, a new tax to sort of take away the amazon loophole of not paying sales taxes those new taxes should raise another 10 billion so you're at 25 billion the uh mta is expecting about 11 billion dollars to come from the federal government and that's uh, you know given the national environment that is it, it is both reasonable but perhaps unrealistic but the, the mta doesn't it doesn't need that money right away. It can wait till after the election. And if we do eventually get some kind of infrastructure bill with Chuck Schumer still in a position of power, it doesn't seem crazy to think that the MTA could get $11 billion from the federal government. So where does that leave you? The MTA still needs to borrow $10 billion. That's after congestion pricing, after all those other revenues. 
that's a problem because the MTA doesn't it doesn't really have room to borrow another ten billion dollars. I mean, it it already owes forty two billion dollars. It has a good half a billion dollar annual budget deficit if you go out to the to the end of the four year plan. So if it borrows another ten billion dollars, has to pay the interest on that debt every year. Where's it going to get the the interest? That's really. Uh, the money to pay the interest, that's really not something that the MTA has answered. And then the MTA wants $3 billion a piece from the state and the city of New York. And that that seems realistic enough. So the the big problem here is how does the MTA end up borrowing another $10 billion? And does that result in the MTA needing even more revenue sources a couple years down the line? And I just want to add to that, too, one of the big question marks here, which maybe is less less of a question mark than the borrowing and even the federal funds, but is whether the congestion pricing you know plan really comes to fruition. I mean, they still have to design the system. We have to see how it changes uh, behavior of, of New Yorkers and those driving from elsewhere into New York City, right? I mean, there's a lot of unknowns here, aren't there? There are some unknowns. I mean, the, the big thing will be do they get it built out in time? How how many people or drivers just leave the system and take mass transit rather than paying the congestion charge? Which but should be not, the goal, by the way, but isn't yes. really the goal. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, that's mean, kind of the problem here, right? They want people to stay in their cars to pay the tolls. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the state legislation that lays out congestion pricing, it doesn't actually say what the goal is, which is kind of interesting. I mean, it, it, do they want to reduce congestion by X percent? Do they want to speed up traffic? Do they want to reduce pedestrian deaths? You know, they've never said what's the end goal here. But I think even though there's some uncertainty, there's a lot that we know. I mean, we, we charge people, you know, $14 less if you have Easy Pass to come over the Port Authority bridges to come over the existing MTA bridges and tunnels, and people still do it. I mean, they, they pay the money to, to come into Manhattan, essentially. And whenever the Port Authority or the MTA raises bridge tolls, there's often a little bit of drop-off in traffic, but then people start taking the bridges and tunnels again. So, you know, there's precedent for doing this. It's not like, you know, what, whether they raise, you know, $1.2 billion a year or $1.8 and how that all works out, but it is, it's reasonable to think that they can probably raise somewhere in the range of $1.5 billion a year once they, they get it all up and running. And it'll be interesting to see when they start issuing bonds against this revenue, do the, do the bondholders, do they want a, some kind of other guarantee, or, they, or will they be willing to just have the bonds backed by this congestion pricing revenue? If you want to ask a question of our guest and talk MTA Capital Plan, please give us a ring at 212-209-2877. So this capital plan, you know, if you look at the front page, it says 2020 to 2024. Does that mean that all the projects that are described in this plan are going to be done come the end of fiscal 2024? What's the the timing and sequencing look like within the plan, and what does it look like within (laughs) reality? Well, I think that's an excellent question, and the short answer is no. And I think it's a, it's sort of like a, it's a little bit of a myth that the MTA says we are going to invest 51.5 billion over the next five years because they they've sort of proven over and over 
that they really can't do all of this work in five years or even commit to doing this work. If you, if you look at the existing capital plan that we're in that's going to be over with in a couple months, existing capital plan is about $33.3 billion. And of that, they've only spent about $13 billion. So they're, you know, they're very, haven't even spent close to half of it. I mean, they're $20 billion away from spending the money in this current capital plan. And even if you go back to the capital plan before this, which ended in 2014, they're still $5 billion away from spending all of that money. So the idea like that they're going to actually invest $51 billion over five years and that we're going to have a modern subway system by then and uh, Second Avenue subway and all sorts of other things, it will be a good start given the realistic world that we live in if we end the five years and we've we've done the signals on one major line, hopefully the finish the Queens Boulevard line and get started on the four five six on the Lex line, and also just made some progress on breaking ground on on the rest of the Second Avenue subway and and just sort of following these priorities with no crazy politically driven amendments to sort of try to give all the money to the Long Island Railroad when no one's paying attention anymore. So just um, to add a little more meat to the bone here for um, for listeners, as you indicated, there's a very, very high percentage of this overall $51.5 billion MTA capital plan that goes to New York City Transit, the subways and the buses. It's about $37 billion outlined for the subways, about three and a half for the buses. Um, and and also within the subways, as you're getting at, you know, the the big one and the and the not only the key to better service and reliability, but also the big expenditure is signal modernization at seven billion, some new subway cars, and then another big ticket uh, item here is station accessibility, where the MTA is planning to spend uh, about five billion dollars to make seventy stations more uh, accessible. So that's that's a key one as well here. Um, in terms of the what listeners who are just you know they just want to get to work and get home and get to their appointments and and such on time how should how should sort of average new yorkers think about this in terms of what it's going to mean for their commutes i mean the mta has shown some progress recently uh sort of resuscitating the subways from a very dire state um but where are we at in terms of just that basic reliability and is it just as simple as as this resignaling work is really the key? Yeah, and well, I'm glad you you brought up accessibility. And before I answer that, I just wanted to point sure. out that it's not it, obviously making more stations accessible to people who use wheelchairs or people who uh, are disabled and can't walk up and down stairs is very important. But it also opens up the system to people who have baby carriages, people who have small children who don't walk very fast, people who have suitcases. I mean, we we seem to want people to take transit to the airport, but we don't give them any way to get their suitcases up and down, you know, three flights of stairs. So I think it's kind of always been a little bit ignored, and I think, you know, Byford and and Pat Foy and the governor should get a lot of credit for making accessibility a, a pretty important part of this, you know, albeit the fact that they're always being sued over it and they're sort of under pressure, but at least they're kind of uh, embracing this now. But yeah, as for people, what people see and their commutes, I think unfortunately, if we're going to, to modern, 
we'll see a lot more shutdowns of subway lines. You know, Byford has said people are going to see a lot more weekend and nighttime shutdowns, and it might be a good idea, although they're kind of like, they're reticent to put this out there, is just to say, we're going to shut down this whole subway line for the next nine months. We're going to take street space above the subway line and dedicate it to a bus that comes every 30 seconds and the bus will be free. And so we'll replace the service above ground, but just shut it down completely and get the signaling done and get it back open rather than have this constant night and weekend disruption and a lot of unpredictability. So we'll see if they if they go in that direction. I think if they were to get a significant amount of this work done in five years, they would have to do that rather than just wait for a few hours during the overnight. So as we think about the transit picture in New York City and all the discussions over the past few years, you know, this is a big, this is a big milestone. Congestion pricing was a milestone. This is another one. As someone who analyzes this daily, what are the next things to be looking for? What are we waiting for next from from the MTA? Uh, what's the next sort of big decision or plan policy that we're looking to to hear? And, and is this something we've not been talking about yet, but we should we should start talking about? Well, I think on the capital plan, it will be worth looking at as it goes before the approval of the state legislative leaders and the mayor, is there sort of political horse trading that that screws up these priorities? I mean, will, will Long Island Railroad want an even greater share? Does the mayor uh, sort of balk at, at providing the $3 billion? You know, how does all that work? But I think another important thing is just on the operating side. You know, the operating budget and the capital budget are different. The operating budget is paying all of the salaries, wages, uh, fuel, and so forth for for day-to-day service, and the capital budget is obviously all these big investments in new projects and repair and replacement. But on the operating budget side, the MTA still faces enormous deficits, and they really don't know what they're going to do about these deficits. I mean, if you look out to 2023, which isn't all that far away, they have a half a billion dollar operating deficit. You know, next next year they've they've got a, a just just a, only a twenty five million dollar operating budget deficit, but they're already cutting service. I mean, they they announced last week they're going to cut service on the Utica Avenue bus line in Brooklyn and make people wait longer for a bus. And so, does that really make any sense? I mean, does it make sense to make all this investment in capital, and then you're going to cut back on service so people can't use the capital once it's built? And so, the one big indicator is. How do they close this operating deficit? And a big part of that is the the labor agreement, you know, the, the the union agreement between New York City Transit and the Transport Workers Union has been expired now for four months. Uh, do they come up with an agreement that helps to close this deficit? Right, that's an enormous one. I was actually just about to uh, to take you there because I know you've obviously looked at that a lot. Um, we won't be able to get into all the details, but folks should find Nicole Gelinas's, um plan for how the MTA can save about ten billion dollars. You can find that in a in a column at the Post and a a, a longer report at at City Journal. Is that right? Yes, it, it's at Manhattan Institute. Manhattan Institute, yeah. Um, 
Let's I'm take, glad you mentioned it. I oh. would get yelled at if you forgot to mention <laughs> no, it. So you did it. Yeah, no, uh, we previewed it a tiny bit at the top of the show, and we won't get into all the details there. But before we let you go, Nicole, let's take one one call. Uh, hi, you're on WBAI with Max and Murphy and Nicole Gelinas. Uh What's your question? Hi. Um, I really, uh, it's not so much a question as an admonition, because I'm blind, and I wasn't, when the Americans with Disabilities Act uh was being pushed, I said, okay, I don't have any problems, but if I do, I'll give you a call. Turns out it had nothing to do with blind people. The logo was a wheelchair. I found that out five years ago. In other words, you said disabilities, and what I want to say is say mobility Mm. disabilities because what happened was now all the curbs are gone. I I got hit by a car now twice. You know, I... They labeled curbs as architectural barriers. Well, perhaps to a wheelchair, but to a blind people, they're vital warnings. Mm. So what I'm saying is don't say disabilities. Say mobility impairments, mobility challenges, but put the word mobility in there because using the word disability is... I mean, it, it fooled me completely. Th- th- I didn't pay attention to th- it. Th- thank you for that. Just just um, quickly to follow up, do you have um, an aspect of your an MTA ridership experience that you want to see addressed by the MTA? Actually, uh, a funny thing was uh, the PATH train. I fell off the platform the, uh, a few months ago, the PATH train, because... Um, I don't know. I was I was distracted or something. I never thought I would fall off a subway platform, but it was just a matter of being. Dis- in other words, the, the texture things on the the edge didn't warn me that mm-hmm. I was on the edge of the platform. And people ahead were, I guess, looking at their smartphones or whatever. In the past, people would have said, "Look out! You're walking on the edge of the platform." People are like. Everybody's, looking at, their everybody's looking at their phones. Well, thank thank you very much for the call. Nicole Gelinas, um, a final thought before we let you go. Um, anything in particular? It doesn't seem like there's really much time or, or, or willpower here for adjusting this plan, but anything particular that you think needs to be thought about further here or rethought as we go forward? I would just reiterate, and I, I agree with the gentleman who, who called that this is a mobility issue, and I'm, I'm sorry to hear that the city's failure to keep the streets safe uh, uh, helped uh, perhaps uh, make him uh, get hit by a car twice. But uh, on the MTA budget side, I would just reiterate a, a good half of this or more than half of this is the cost, that now we, that we've got the money in hand or sort of in hand, we need to make sure we build as much infrastructure as possible for this given amount of money. So getting good labor agreements, both on the operating side and the capital side, and making sure that a well-paid workforce is as productive as possible, you know, that can make the difference between getting another three Second Avenue subways in another 10 years or just having to stop because the MTA is just out of money. Very good. Nicole Gelinas, there were a bunch of other things we wish we could get into, but we appreciate all this time and all the thoughts. Um, and thanks for joining us, and please come back soon. Thank you, Max and Murphy.